Hi everyone and welcome to the Curve Mindset Podcast. Today we're joined by Manisha Taylor. Manisha is a head teacher but also a youth coach at QPR. She's achieved a lot and also through her years of experience she's worked with a variety of different ages and abilities. We also talked about her family and how important it is to have that strength and determination because mental health is such a big issue in football but also in life. So therefore, when you listen to it, you'll understand when we talked about different scenarios and how to deal with them. Again, any questions, give us a tweet or email. Thanks. Hi everyone and welcome to the Curve Mindset Podcast. Today we're joined by Manisha Taylor. How are you, Manisha? I am well, thank you. Yourself? I'm very well, thank you. Um, can you just uh, give the listeners a wee bit of background about yourself? Yeah, by, um, by profession, I trained as a head teacher. I'm primary school trained. Um, I qualified in 2001 and then just found myself... When I worked in different schools uh, within different boroughs. Um, I pretty much led or been in charge of a, a wide range of departments and so on and in terms of football that was it was just a love and passion I didn't really have any qualifications um when I was when I was teaching it was it was more towards a kind of towards the end of where I was taking the career change um and I did lots of educational work which I guess I'll kind of explain later on and I linked up with Rachel Yankee and I then got to know that there were actually football qualifications um which is when I then got my level one and so on yeah, and then from a teaching background can, uh, and a kind of football background, can you just tell us what the transferable skills are uh, for both of them in your eyes? Yeah, I, I, mean, I see coaching and teaching as very much the same, if not, you know, exactly the same. Uh, I, I found that, you know, first of all, I had the passion and love for football, um, but you know, when when I did actually gain my coaching badges. Um, and I was, you know, working with the kids, particularly in the schools that I was working with initially, and then some of the grassroots programs. The skills, the skills that I learned, or am still learning, you know, as a teacher, were very transferable. So one of the biggest things was around pedagogy and child development understanding. I just think that that's fundamental uh, to anything in terms of coaching. That you can, you know, I'm a believer that you can. Um, understand everything that there is to know about football tactically technically however first of all most you need to understand children particularly when you're working with the younger ones so i found um and my degree actually i'm not a pe t- I, I did um my degree was in early years in child development so what i found was a lot of the learning from that and then as i was you know as i was teaching particularly in the early years about how you know how children develop and learn um you know Yes, d- different kind of learning styles, but, but, but being adaptable, um, you know, the communication, session planning and things obviously, you know, come as part and parcel of being a teacher and, and, and evaluating, following a syllabus um, and a programme. So it, it was, I just found it was very similar evaluations. Like we've got, P- like I'm now at QPR and we've got PMA, 
Um, but it, it's exactly the same as when I was evaluating for maths, English or science. Yeah. So de- definitely, um, you know, very transferable. But for me, the key thing was around pedagogy and child development understanding. Yeah, and that's a, a big term at the moment. Uh, no, Marco Sol- uh, sorry, Marco Sullivan uh, uses it. Uh, and also uh, other kind of um, athletes and coaches. Um, can you just tell us a, 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 a big achievement or a proud achievement as a coach and a teacher? Um, I've got, I, I, got, I, I've, uh, I was on with the MBE for services to football and diversity in sport um, last year um, in the New Year's Honours list. And, uh, you know, it, it was a real, it, you know, yes, it, it was a real honour to, to go to Buckingham Palace. But I think um, particularly around the why uh, and I became a young carer as I'm going to say I was 30 I'm not 30 I'm going to be 38 this year in fact um, but when I was 18 um, my twin brother he was bullied to the extent where he was then sectioned and he's actually been non-verbal over the last 15 years so he doesn't communicate as we do so a lot of my work as a teacher I found change and adapted um, because I changed and, and adapted and evolved as a person and how I saw life, how I saw young children, particularly around feelings and emotions and um, isolation and, and, and those who might be going through certain trauma but may not speak and talk about it because ultimately what we found out was that that was what was happening to my brother. So, um, you know, going through that and, of course, with his care and, you know, thankfully he's living at home with us and has been since 2005, but... It, he needs absolute one-to-one, so your life changes. So in receiving the honour, it was, you know, what was quite heartfelt was the fact that it just shows, you know, we talk about resilience, um, having a positive mindset, but just having courage and heart to, to keep going, even when you feel you actually just don't want to. Um, and, you know, talking about taboo around mental health and disability, particularly coming from an Asian you know, of Asian heritage, um, but I just think generally is taboo. And then, then we're talking about being an Asian female in football. Um, but I just think take the Asian female out of it. Working in football, um, particularly in the professional game now, is very competitive in itself. So, you know, that when, when I heard about the MBE, I mean, for my family, it was definitely more about, you know, yes, there is so much, and we want my brother. I want to be able to talk to him again. I, you know, it's. And I don't believe that this will be our life for the rest of our lives, um, although it's been 20 years of our life so far. But it, it was definitely an achievement to show that actually you can overcome adversity and have, you know, in having courage and resilience. Yeah, and it must have been such a, a proud moment for you and your family to get that award. Um, see, when you, as you said, there's um, different things that happened, you know, over the last 20 years, which have you've made yourself more resilient and the family more resilient. When you got the award, how did you make you feel personally? Because obviously you've got a lot of um, family who would be proud of you, but you must have thought, you know what, I'm doing something right here, but I want to show that actually sometimes you have to be a little bit, not selfish, but a bit more like, you know what, I've done something correct, but I want to show that I can actually get more out there, as you said, with mental health and issues like that. Uh, it, you know, I cried. That that was one of the things, um, and it 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 inspires me to want to do more, particularly around um, 
mental health and tackling taboo, which then really spurred me to, I've been ha- had this idea around a, a book, uh, which I wanted to publish. Um, and, you know, it'd be, a, and I wanted a resource for prim- fundamentally primary school teachers. Um, and I found that there was, you know, something lacking there and no fault of any teachers. I just felt that it was because they, some of them are just not equipped on how to deal with certain issues where you've got, and, and you think about certain issues now more recently with, um, I don't know, for instance, a, a young child who might be a refugee who's from a war-torn country. And, and how do teachers deal with that? How do you deal with a child who's come from Afghanistan and actually um, has seen his father killed in front of him? And now is flee to the UK and, and the psychological impact that you know, it can have on the child. And then you've got to think about the impact that that child might have on the dynamics of the rest of the class. Um, so I knew that, you know, it, it inspired me to think of the idea. And then um, I've actually just last week been able, I've pub- actually published the book um, and it's called Child in Mind. And it is, it's a resource for, it's a teaching toolkit for primary school teachers. And it covers a range of topics, but, you know, it, with the MBE, definitely inspired me to want to do more, and in particular around tackling mental health taboo um, and looking at children, because ultimately for me, it just it just made me think that, and I said this to my mum, there must be other people like you, um, other carers like my mum, there must be, who don't know about the access to support that there is out there, but there also must be other people like me who, um, you know, may have the tools and may not have the tools, and I just thought that, I need to do something, um, and if the MBE can help open certain doors to help me do that, then you know, then it's just something I've got to do because I just I think it would be uh, it would break my heart to know that there are other people like my brother, um, yep. or that there are other stories like my brother who was a completely normal child. It's not genetic. It's not hereditary. It's a result of external trauma. He was raped. He was kidnapped. You know, but I remember being nineteen, having to take it in terms of my parents to stop suicide attempts. You don't do that at 19. You know, so it, with the series of things that um, have happened in my life over the last 20 years with my brother, when I got the MBE, I thought to myself, said to my mum straight away, this is nice and we're going to have a lovely time going to Buckingham Palace, but got to do this. So we have to do this. This just shows that we've got to do more. I don't know what it, maybe it was something in the ether or something, but it just, you know, and then... A year later, I've been able to publish a resource. So now, for me, it's just go contacting schools and just getting it out there to try and work work with children. Yeah, and that's you've got a tear in my eye at the moment because it's uh, just shows you that some people, have, like um, as you said, there's so so much out there that people don't see yet. People deal with on a daily basis. Um, just to go off, see the the book can it be a uh, bought on Amazon or is there's a teaching um. Uh, profile. It's no, it, it's not on Amazon. It's um, it's on Blurb Bookstore. So I mean, I was kind of to and fro on on how, how to to best go about this. So people can either contact me via my website directly because I've got a bulk copies at home and I can send send it off to them, or they can buy it on Blurb. It's, it's Blurb UK. It's it's an online bookstore. Or they can purchase it directly through Blurb, and Blurb would then um, do print on demand, and then they just post it off. Yeah, and we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll talk about that at the end. Sorry, I've just it was just in my head just to see if it was possible. Um, moving on, you've said you've kind of I've looked at the, the the information you sent over. You you've had a a couple a, kind of a lot of jobs in football. Can you just tell us kind of the best one and what's the best techniques to use when working with young children? Um, 
I, I would probably say the best one, well, the one that I, I really, I mean, I've enjoyed a lot of them and some of them have been interesting, which I'll, I'll, I'll mention. And the coaching, um, you know, it, purely because it's, I love being with the children and, you know, I spent a long time in teaching and I still teach in schools. But for me, the coaching, because you're working with the kids and I love working with the foundation phase. Um, you know, it's, I, I want to be versatile and I want to develop and I'm glad I'm in a, you know, I feel very fortunate to be under the tuition of someone like Chris Ramsey, who's, you know, arguably one of the best developers of players, but he really helps you as a coach develop. Um, and since being, you know, working with him over the last two seasons now, it, I'm, I feel, I'm see, I, I see things so differently. I'm a different coach, um, I feel, compared to before. And he also has a primary school background, which some people don't know. Um, so it was quite nice because I've been able to then, um, what he brought into was the pedagogy and the child development understanding. Um, so coaching for me, has definitely, it's definitely one of my, I say, best jobs. One Something that was really interesting where I um, stumbled across was the TV work. Um, and it was with Sports Night Live. It was a few, it was a good few years ago now uh, on Twitter, power of social media. Uh, somebody um, contacted me from Sports TV Online and uh, it was because the Indian Super League was on. So they said, oh, can we do it like a goggle box type thing and would you be interested where you watch live games, you come into the studio, you watch a live game and you kind of talk about the game on the sofa. Um, and I thought, you know, why not? I'm always, I'm all for, I think, um, to develop ourselves as people. Uh, it's important that we try different things and we also take ourselves out of our comfort zone. So I tried it and then... Um, that then, you know, led on to them asking me if uh, I wanted to run a show. <laughs> and uh, I did it, for, I've done it, you know, all of that was vol voluntarily. Um, and I produced a futsal show. So I, I wrote it, I scripted it. Um, you know, I did it with Colin Brown. And, uh, you know, it was like, oh, we're both co-hosts. But it was online. Um, and it was it was such a great experience. So it, and it developed you in so many ways in terms of uh, you know, interactions, how you talk, um, thinking about how you communicate with a different audience and a diverse audience. Uh, I really enjoyed that, actually. That was, yeah, that was fun. Oh, brilliant. And I can hear the, the passion in your voice about, you know, really want to work with the children. But leadership is so key these days, you know, as a head teacher or as a deputy or as a, even a coach. But why is it so imp uh, important these days for kind of young uh, players to kind of even look up? I think, um, you know, there's always this, this debate around uh, leadership and management and are they both the same, which might be for another podcast. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I see leadership as um, it, it's about inspiring others, exactly like you've said. I think it, uh, you can get somebody who's, who's a, a very good manager, very good, at, um, you know, in terms of strategizing and administration and things. But I just think a leader is somebody who can inspire others it's not about them it's actually about those involved so it's not the we it's sorry it's not the i it's about the we um and i think for young people having somebody uh that you know inspires them or having somebody that they feel is there to really help and guide them is important so i think having a you know having a leader whether it's in a school whether it's, um, you know, whether it's in a football club. And that's not always just the person in charge. 
And I think that it's easy to very, you know, easy to say, oh, well, the leader in a football club, your, your academy manager, or, you know, in a school, which your head teacher. Well, actually, we're all leaders. Um, you know, I take the under nines at QPR and, and I, you know, I, I lead the group with, with the, you know, and so does the other, um, so does um, Harry, who, you know, who, who works with me. And so we're all leaders. And I think it's really important that people see see it like that as opposed to just seeing it as, well, I'm, I'm just the coach or I'm just the teacher and actually I'm not head of any departments. Well, no, you're not because you're the driving force and I think that's important. Having clear direction, being an innovative, uh, being able to, as that person in charge of that group, uh, being able to manage the group, making sure that you can get the best out of them uh, and ultimately, you know, hopefully inspire the players. Yeah, definitely. And through that, uh, you've inspired probably a lot, a lot of people. But uh, you've done a kind of coach education through the FA as an FA education tutor. Can you just tell us that what that involved and how you got that kind of job? Um, I a lots and lots of volunteering, um, and I still still do uh, networking and uh, what something that Chris actually is something that he made me see, which was. You know, when you're thinking about jobs and, I mean, football, like any other industries, it's so big. There are so many different jobs and so many jobs I didn't even think about or knew, you know. Um, and he made, and what he made me really think about was actually what can you bring or what can become your niche? And, um, and the education side of it, particularly around like early years education, was one of them. So um, it, it, I just happened to be having a conversation with a tutor um, who I'd got to know from one of the courses, and then uh, the Junior Future Leaders Awards, like these sports, which were, which was running through the education program at the FA, came up, and um, you know there, there were some roles, and I applied. Um, so I was doing, I, I did, I did a few of those deliveries. However, those deliveries um, have been now taken; they've mostly been taken over by the colleges. So the college teachers kind of deliver them, which means you're a little bit redundant in that. But recently. Um, I, I applied and I was, and I was appointed with others uh, to deliver the active, active literacy through storytelling, which is an FA course run in partnership with the Youth Sports Trust. And what's really nice, it's about um, using stories to engage with young girls to get them active. And um, I loved teaching literacy; that was my favourite subject to teach it when I was a primary school teacher. So as soon as I saw that role, I thought, right, I've got, you know got to do it and so I've done a couple of deliveries so far um, and it's brilliant because it's actually using it's a very clever way of using stories so you've got these texts so one of them's about um, being in the jungle so you know you you talk them through being in the jungle what the animals like in the jungle and it's great so it's about creativity and imagination with the children and of course you know you can be you can show them how to be the snake and all of that stuff which is as we do Um, and then uh, you know, and it gets the girls, and it was a way, it's a tool for getting the girls active. And for me, also being female, I just thought it's really important to think about um, diversity. Um, and also for me to, you know, I want to be able to work with girls as well. Um, I don't, you know, my, I'm part-time at QPI, and, and it's fantastic being in the professional game and working with the boys. But I also still want to make sure that I do do work with girls as well. And this is a great way of doing that. Yeah. And then... Um... Through that, you've uh, a lot of the kind of education uh, part. You you're an education worker and a football coach for show uh, show races in the red card. Can you tell us kind of the mindset when you're working for such a, such a huge company and what the kind of ideas behind that is? Um. Yeah, so we 
with show, I mean, the Show Races on Red card is is a, is a national charity. It started off really small with, um, you know, Shaka Hislop and Jed Grebby, our chief executive in Newcastle, to now having, you know, you've got a southeast region, which is the re- one of the regions in the, I work for the team in the southeast uh, region, but you've also got an office in Scotland, you've got one in Wales. And um, what really helped me, so when I was asked um, to come and meet with our regional manager uh, to talk about the work, um, the education work and the coaching was, um, you know, it, it, what, I've, what I found really sort of helped me was uh, thinking about what I learned in teaching as a teacher and then also thinking about when I was in leadership roles, whether it was head of department or an assistant head or deputy and just um, how you manage different people, uh, how you communicate with different people um, mm-hmm. and seeing the organisations not as one is above the other that it's just actually just the people were different. You've just got to learn the systems. Um, so I think a lot of it was about self-confidence and, um, you know, and transferring those social elements and those social skills into this environment because ultimately the actual content of the work was transferable because I'm still teaching. I'm teaching, but I'm actually teaching about anti-racism and differences. I'm not teaching you science topics to year six. It was very, it was exactly the same, which is, you know, we talk about transferable skill sets. So it was more looking at the organisation as well. Actually, this is just like a, a massive school, um, you know, um, and it was thinking about people skills um, and having the confidence to, to, to do that. Yeah. And um, you've also uh, worked for the Ministry of Defence as a kind of, again, is it, was that a similar role or was that, is it slightly different? Through show, so with show race and the red card, they, they had a few contracts, and um, you know, it, I, I, I guess I, I was fortunate enough to to be able. I've been able to travel over the last couple of years, and it might be so. I've been able to go to Naples, um, to Cyprus, to, to Belgium, um, and it was in when you're on the basis, uh, and when I say basis, like the military basis, I was really nervous. So we talk about. Um, I'm there talking about confidence. I lacked confidence because actually I'd never worked on a military base before. And I've certainly, you know, this this whole idea about you've got the schools on the base. And for me, it was just, how does it all work? That was in my head. I just kept thinking, not really sure how it works. What does it look like? And I found myself um, getting slightly nervous because of that and how would how would you be perceived you know do they have a certain way of doing things um also thinking about different cultures does that have an implication so when i was out in naples earlier this year um you know does the cultural element impact on it um do i need to become better equipped with understanding that too um on site with cyprus it was a lot bigger we had there were two bases so it's been a it's been a real eye-opener a real uh, learning curve so when I initially would be nervous and being on the plane in my head, just thinking, you know, how different is this going to be? How am I going to have to act differently? Um, I'm going to need a lot more confidence. To then go in there, actually, it was very similar to the schools and how school systems work. Um, the only difference is, is that you've got smaller classes because, of course, the kids are the kids of the, the people who work on the base. So um, that that was the only difference, but it's you know you you definitely just like with the other things I've mentioned need um, 
especially in those environments, need a lot of self-confidence. You have to be very assertive, um, very confident in your tone and manner, um, and actually show that you are embracing of culture and diversity and and, the, and appreciate the fact that you are in a different country. It will be very, you know, it will be different. Um, systems will be different. And whether it's on British soil or not, because you are, you know, that, on the base, um, it's, it's, it's embracing the culture. Yeah. Um, so it goes back to, you know, I guess a few words that I've mentioned before around, um, you know, having a positive mindset, but being confident, being assertive yeah. and, and adaptable so that you're able to communicate with different types of people. Yeah, and I think adaptability is such a huge thing for a football coach because, you know, sometimes the, the rain or the snow or something like this, you have to be, you know, very adaptable, but also... You, you, you can't let the, the children or the players know that you're panicking because you start to panic, they sense it very, very quickly. Um, just a kind of final questions. Um, the, the term swaggerlicious, this is the thing from your website. Can you just tell us what that is and what basically where it came from? came up with the name so I initially ran it as a brand and it was very random because they they, it, they just happened to name uh, it was their football the football thinking of names of football teams anyway they named their football team Swagalicious um, and I really liked it and I always knew that I didn't want something under my name yeah. and my personal name um, and I, what I did was r- run it as a brand and I kept concept mapping and mind mapping on what what it means you know, if somebody hears Swagalicious, what do they think of? And I wanted something that was a little bit fun, um, you know, uh, quirky, but also something that children would like. And so pretty much it was then running as a brand and then incorporated it with, with Company's House. Um, and, you know, I wanted it to be very child-led. And the work that I do through Swagalicious is I've streamlined it into mental health and football which covers working with adults with disability in partnership with Wingate and Finchley Football Club, but also working with children through the Child in Mind workshops and the book and the supplemented resources. And the second one is On the Road, which is pretty much um, doing maybe the ad hoc likes of like with Show Race and the Red Card, um, you know, doing the diversity workshops, um, also getting involved in doing things around women and girls uh, and looking at either leadership or women empowerment. And the other one is, is a lot of the grassroots and communities through the soccer schools. So I do, I work closely with the temple in um, Kingsbury and I, through the holidays, I would run um, like day, uh, day soccer schools or, you know, camps for, for the kids from the temple. Um, Slum Soccer, which is based in India, I do some, ch- they're one of my charity partners. So I, I send kit over, um, you know, once or twice a year um, and make sure that we've got, I've got a link with them. And Indian Gymkhana. They've recently set up a girls' program and they're based in Osterley. Uh, funny enough, actually, I worked with the men's first team about three years ago. Um, but what's great is they've now got, um, you know, they've got lots of girls attending. So when I'm not coaching at QPR, I'm making sure that I try and help them out as much as possible and getting them tickets to like the England games and things like that. And for some of them, I think recently it was just the first time they've ever been to a game. So, you know, I, I, I just think the community work is very important. Um, and the you know community need people um, who who are in coaching who might have qualifications and so on to help them because some of them want to do things and they just don't know how to. Yeah. So ultimately, Swagalicious is an education uh, organisation that uses football to engage with the community. That's brilliant. Um, 
Just the, the final question, um, where can people kind of find you on social media and also the, the book you kind of talked about earlier? Um, so it's at swagalicious underscore, and which is literally every, it, that's on my Instagram. Um, I've got a Facebook page, which is swagalicious, and I've got my website, www.swagalicious.com. So there's a contact button on there. If people want to buy the book, um, you know, they can either contact me directly on there or... Um, they can go on Blurb Bookstore and it's available there too. So hopefully it's quite easy to find, or I'm quite easy to find. Yeah, don't worry. We'll, we'll put the links in and uh, all the kind of your book and your, your website and your Twitter handle. But thanks again, Manisha. It's been excellent talking to you. Thank you.